0: Sixty five, days are all the same. Wanna break the cycle, but I my way.
1: To get up my house, in this place. Feel alive, but I can't feel Hello, and welcome to what is gonna be another kick-ass episode of the IDP show. I'm your host, Jace Abbey, and as usual, I'm gonna be digging into my weekly rankings going position by position, talking about some of the best and worst plays to help you prepare for week 14. Joining me today is a very special guest. He writes for Fantasy Points. He's a contributor at Roto Baller and the owner of perhaps the most impressive moustache in the fantasy industry. It's Mr. Matt Donnelly. Matt, how are things? Uh, things
0: are going good here. Um We're just uh, actually enjoying a nice, mild winter right now. I think we are, in Canadian terms, right around that zero degrees Celsius thing. For the Americans, we're right around that 30 to 35 range, so uh, Fahrenheit. So, I mean, it feels pretty good. I'm still wearing shorts. I'm still walking around in, like, a light, long sleeve T-shirt outside. No snow on the ground, which is pretty impressive being this close to the mountains. So, we're enjoying a very brown Christmas right now, which is a little bit different for us. So, I'm taking advantage of this as much as possible, especially coming off of my hip surgery. So, there's a lot, it's a lot safer out there right now than maybe uh I once anticipated.
1: Yeah, brown brown Christmas doesn't quite hit the same. Have you been enjoying all the highs and lows of the uh the 2023 season? It's been eventful oh, to say the least, hasn't it?
0: I've got myself in some like expert leagues. I use the term expert very loosely and it is tight in some of these leagues where you're six and seven, but you're right in the playoff thick of things, right? We're, like, we're talking 14 team leagues with a six and seven record, which is only like two games out of first place because everyone is so bunched in one week is a high. The next week is a low. There's no separation being gained anywhere out there. And I find that this season seems to be more like that than anything else because you can't count on the quarterback position because we've had so many quarterback injuries. We just lost Trevor Lawrence again last uh, on Monday Night Football there with that high ankle injury. We're battling all these injuries on the offensive side of the ball, which makes our IDP plays even that much more important. So it's really kind of balancing itself out there, especially in those IDP leagues where your IDP is potentially scoring more because you don't have – that number one quarterback in a lot of cases. You're counting on a Tim Boyle, a Trevor Simeon, a Brett Rippin, a Zach Will. Okay, That's just the Jets that are counting on that. But you get the point. It's bad everywhere out there.
1: Oh, for sure. Same on the, the IDP side as well. Linebacker, especially. Every week there's a new name popping up um, that nobody had on their radar like the week before. Um, who, yes, yeah, filling in for a guy who's uh, who's who's out for for one, two, three games or more. It's 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 crazy. It's it's definitely the year to be super active on waivers and uh, and to stay up to date with the with the news cycle. It's it's been crazy, but um, you know, let's talking about linebackers. Let's um, we've got a lot to get through, so let's let's start by talking about some of the linebackers that we like for Week 14 um and as usual um let's let's start with you um which linebacker do you want to feature in this spot who do you like for week 14
0: well we're gonna go with the injury thing because my guy has been injured so much this season that i think he's missed about eight games since the start of the year and he's one of those guys who automatically comes back into the lineup as an lb1 we're talking about nick bolton here we're talking about a guy who just in 2021 had 112 tackles in 2022 180 tackles. This season, he's only got 28 because of all those games missed. And I think what we do in the fantasy community is we forget about someone who's not producing, who hasn't been around. And this is this is kind of Nick Bolton saying, hey, don't forget about me. I'm coming back this week, so you better dang well make sure you get me back into your lineups. The Chiefs, they've also lost Drew Tranquil. We talked about these injuries. And we're going to talk about it with one of my other linebackers and how the injuries are going to affect him. But you lose Drew Tranquil in there, which often gives another boost to the linebacking core. Not that Nick Bolton needs an extra boost, but you take another linebacker out of that uh, back end there for the Chiefs, and then we know what Nick Bolton can do. Anyone who follows IDP, anyone who follows the NFL, anyone who follows the Chiefs knows exactly how important Nick Bolton is to this defense. The Chiefs defense is as good as any out there, but you add Nick Bolton back to it, and they become that much better
1: gonna be it's going to be interesting to see whether he can come back this week and be that that sort of full-time guy that he was sort of last year i suppose more than it was uh, more than he was at the start of this year um but yeah back to practice the timing couldn't be better with uh, with tranquil out um let's 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 plug him in and, and see what he can do as, as i say my only tiny reservation is how much does he play in his first game back um so that'll be interesting to watch but yeah we we need him we talked about the the, the volume of injuries at the linebacker spot, um, you know, even in a, a week like this one when we've only got two teams on a bye, we we need someone like Bolton to come back and kind of shore up that position for us, don't we?
0: For, for me, Bolton reminds me of, remember when the offensive people were talking about how exciting it was going to be to get Kyler Murray back for the stretch run and having that QB1 automatically to plug in? Nick Bolton is the same thing. You are plugging in an LB1. For the rest of the season for the playoffs so you're going to be set in that so I'm excited to get him back in the lineup. but again temper your expectations a little bit because he is coming back from an injury no different than say Dallas Goddard at the tight end position he's coming back from an injury no different than say Devon Chan coming back from injury a couple weeks ago there's always going to be that risk of re-aggravation of that injury so the Chiefs could bring him in slowly but Still coming in slowly. I think he's still going to be one of those guys that's going to end up with eight tackles, probably a pass defended. He's going to still be productive. He may not be a top ten linebacker, but he's going to definitely be a solid LB two here in his return this week.
1: I like the call. I like the call. My uh, my featured linebacker is nowhere near as, as sexy a name as Nick Bolton. I've gone with uh, with Devin Lloyd. He's my my LB eighteen this week. Um, I was kind of down on him last year I think everybody was right he wasn't he didn't look like the 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 product that we expected him to be we were a bit impatient maybe um, but when Chad Moomer started eating into his uh, his snapshare um, we started to kind of like temper those expectations but this year he's shown signs of progression I think Um, he still has the occasional play where you've kind of got your head in your hands and wondering what the hell he's doing, but he's been better quite a bit better. In fact, than he was in his rookie year, the missed tackle rate is down. He's had a couple of games where you come away impressed with his play in coverage, which was my biggest criticism of him last year. And perhaps uh, the most crucial point for fantasy purposes, he's held off uh, that challenge of Chad Moomer uh, since coming back from the injury, which kept him out of those games. Uh, over in Germany, I think it was. So, you know, in terms of production, he's he's really stepped up there too. Uh, his tackle efficiency is a few points higher than last year. He's had seven consecutive games with eight tackles or more, and last week was his biggest game yet with with fourteen combined tackles. So, yeah, add all those things together. I think uh, I like I like the look of him for this week. His matchup as well is about as good as it gets. The Browns have allowed more tackles. To opposition linebackers than any other team in the NFL. I think the stars are aligning for a big week from Lloyd. Am I am I getting ahead of myself here? Matt, what do you think about Lloyd?
0: No, I, I love Lloyd this week. I got him as my LB 14 this week. So we're right lock and sync there as well. And the one thing we talk about, this Browns team, as well as the Ravens, and I'll talk about this probably a little bit later when I talk about the defensive line and especially when we talk about edge rushers, the Browns are averaging 32 and a half carries per contest you give running backs all these carries it's going to bolster up those linebacker tackle numbers in my opinion so I, I love that call there when it comes to devin lloyd
1: my my quick list i've got um robert spillane at the top of mine actually um you know like like devin lloyd spillane's another guy who he has improved this year he had he had some improvement to make if we're honest but yeah he's improved this year has the occasional lapse in coverage especially but he's he's otherwise he's been he's been really productive i think um he's about to top 100 tackles for the year. He's produced more splash plays than normal in terms of uh, sacks and interceptions. Obviously it helps that he's playing more. Uh, and he's got a, he's got a plus lineup against the the Vikings this week. So yeah, I like I like his outlook. Um do you have a, a second guy at the linebacker spot who you uh, you like?
0: Another linebacker that I like this week is Michael Walker there of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 15 fantasy points the last week there thanks to seven solo tackles three assisted tackles there in that 24 10 loss to the cardinals this week he gets a patriots offense that we know they cannot throw the ball bailey is missing guys left right and center we know about mac jones if they stick malik cunningham in there there's more opportunities for linebackers to get tackles because cunningham is one of those running those quarterbacks that's going to move out of the pocket now if that's not enough the one thing that the Patriots can probably trust is Ezekiel Elliott to run the ball. They should be getting Landon Robbins back. We know that Quan Alexander is not going to be there. So we watched a linebacker get a 96% snap share last week. That makes me feel good about Michael Walker here for the Pittsburgh Steelers in week number 14. And my last linebacker that I really like this week, one of those guys that I got probably a little bit higher up in my rankings, I think I'm about LB 16. It's Jake Gibbons versus Miami. This one could get out of control Early on, like in the first quarter, this game could be over by the end of the first quarter. Raheem Mostert leads all running backs in rushing touchdowns this season with 14 which, by the way, if we're talking about offense, no one's talking about Raheem Mostert's 14 touchdowns. If he hits 20, he's right up there with the greats of NFL history. And we, this guy, he's he's older than like Ezekiel Elliott. He's like the same age as Le'Veon Bell, and all Raheem Mostert is doing is producing. That being said, look for him to run the ball plenty this week, and the potential of not having Jeffrey Simmons there, that makes Gibbons even more attractive for IDPers.
1: Yeah, the Gibbons call, I like that, um, because, as you say, it could get at hand, very early. And if it does, you know, will they, will they continue to, to, to throw their starters out there or will they start to rest some of their starters? And I'm, I'm, I'm not counting Gibbons as a starter there because obviously he's not a full-time guy, but I like the core because there is a possibility that if it gets out of hand, uh, beyond, beyond a certain point that they start to rest, uh, you know al and 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 start just plugging plugging Gibbons in there and giving him more more run. And you know that 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 tackle efficiency last week. I know he only played what was it sixty percent or so of the snaps, but yeah, he yeah. he ha- he had a mammoth week. So yeah, um, we we know that he has a he has the potential to to get it done um, on on limited snaps. So it kind of whets the appetite as to what he can do if he if he played an even bigger role. So yeah, I like uh, I like those nominations.
0: The linebacker that I don't like is Shaq Leonard coming back. We don't know what his role is going to be. We don't even know if he's going to play yet. I mean, we could speculate, but even if he does, why did he get released from Indianapolis? He could still stop the run. He's still a tackle machine. However, he's still a liability when it comes to pass coverage. That's what we've seen in Indianapolis. That pass coverage skill hasn't been there. And who are the Philadelphia Eagles taking on this week? The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys just watched what the San Francisco 49ers did to this Philadelphia Eagles team. Dak Prescott, he don't care if he's going to run the ball with Tony Pollard. He's going to throw this ball all over the field, which makes Shaq Leonard put the Eagles in a bad situation with his pass coverage skills. The Cowboys are going to move this ball through the air as opposed to the ground, which could really limit what Shaq Leonard can do with this team. So for me, I'm not even looking at Shaq Leonard as a possible linebacker in my lineup this week. I'm kind of taking that wait-and-see type of approach. It's not like he's coming back from an injury. He's coming back to a brand-new team here, and he happens to be playing against a team that, hey, we were going to sign you. It was down to Dallas and Philadelphia. You chose Philadelphia? We know why the Indianapolis Colts let you go. Now we're going to take advantage of that, and we're going to make sure that you're a non-factor here in Week 14.
1: The guy I want to nominate, uh, my linebacker dislike, if, uh, if we can call it that, is Devondre Campbell. Um, now He slid down to my LB32 spot, which is a huge fall from where I had him ranked earlier in, in the year. The injuries haven't helped, of course, we all know that. But even when he has been healthy, and unless Quay Walker has, has been out, Campbell just hasn't been a, a three-down player. When both guys are available, as they are this week, Campbell's average snap share has been 79%. And that's, not, that's not terrible, right? Um, and it's enough that he will still have some big weeks, but this is a guy that never came off the field at all last year, and that missed time will add up. So, yeah, don't like the look of him. Again, his matchup is poor as well. The Packers are playing the Giants this weekend, and while the Giants rank 22nd in tackles, uh, allowed to opposition linebackers, which isn't dreadful. They rank dead last in that same category. While Tommy DeVito has been been playing at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, are you holding on to to any hope that Campbell can kind of prove that he's still a reliable linebacker, Matt? Or are you uh, are you do you think similarly to me about him?
0: I like him a little bit more than you do. I got him at LB twenty seven. So we we both don't like him a whole heck of a lot. The only saving grace I have for him going this week is Saquon Barkley is this giant's offense i think barkley's gonna be relied on so there is a chance that campbell can produce there there is a path to succession for him in fantasy i don't like it there's been other paths throughout the last few weeks too that have not led to success so campbell's been a little bit more inconsistent than we'd like him he's he's a top 12 linebacker up until this season he's been one of those guys that's always been able to produce and at some point we have to look at it and be like you know what he ain't it this season. He isn't that guy. He isn't him anymore.
1: Yeah. And it's an interesting point, isn't it? The one you raised there about, you know, we, we get hung up on these guys sometimes because we've seen them do it for for one, two, three seasons or more. But it's it's knowing when to cut your losses and let go and not to be too emotionally invested in these guys, especially when we're talking about fantasy, right? It's, it's difficult because... Determining when to let go is is the hard part, and there's no magic well, formula that tells us when we should do that for certain guys.
0: We had this conversation with
1: Cooper Cup uh, last entering last week. I think up until last week, he
0: hadn't produced more than seven fantasy points in five straight games. At some point, you have to let the 2022 season go and use what we have to work with here in 2023. I'm not going to say chase the points here, but you have to follow the trends. And right now, Campbell is trending downward.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's not like we're talking about. I mean, we're not like two, three, four weeks into the season. We're we're in week thirteen, right? The fantasy playoffs uh, have already started in some leagues, or are starting in the next few weeks in others. So we're kind of running out of time. Um, sometimes you have to believe what you're seeing, especially if the underlying metrics don't support the fact that there's going to be any change going forward. Any other linebackers you you don't like this week?
0: Now, this one hurts. This is one of those temper your expectations type picks here, because normally you would not have this guy as a sit and you're not going to sit him. So temper your expectations when it comes to Fred Warner versus the Seattle Seahawks. I think the 49ers do to Charbonnet what they did to Swift last week, and that is completely face him out of the game plan and make the Seahawks team one dimensional passing the ball. Noah Fant is not going to be a factor as a tight end. I mean, he had some good runs there last week. So Fred Warner, Noah Fant, forget about that matchup. Forget about Charbonnet trying to run the ball. I think, what, DeAndre Swift had like six carries last week. If Charbonnet only gets six to ten carries and Seattle does not target Noah Fant, then the opportunity for Fred Warner to have a big week greatly decreases. And listen, I've still got Fred Warner inside my top 20 linebackers. I think he comes in at LB-18. But this is one of those things where I'm tempering my expectations because I think Seattle is going to have to throw the ball in order to try and stay in this contest. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball against San Francisco. San Francisco, I think as far as fantasy points is concerned, is giving up the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs. So they're going to take the running back completely out of the equation, which means it's DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Tyler Lockett on the outside, in which Geno Smith is going to have to try to get the ball to. If he gets him the ball, that doesn't help Fred Warner because he's not going to cover D.K. Metcalf 40 yards down the field. And we know Nick Bosa and Chase Young, they're going to be right there in Geno Smith's slot much of this game. So it could be one of those things where the Seattle Seahawks are dealing with third and long more often than not where Fred Warner just sits back into coverage. And that's not going to do us a whole lot of good because I just don't see this being one of those games that's going to play out as far as a positive game script as far as tackles are concerned for the linebackers in San Francisco.
1: Yes, you make some interesting points. You might have... Uh, see, I've got him at LB10, Fred Warner. Um, I didn't mind the matchup with Seattle, but you do make some good points, and you might you might, have, you might have encouraged me to revisit that one. He's, uh, I could drop him three or four space, uh, places and he'd still be in the same tier.
0: Yeah, the worst-case scenario, I've got him going into an LB2 range, which is still going to be in every single starting lineup that you have. But mm-hmm. this is one of those things, I'm tempering those expectations. I'm not expecting a typical Fred Warner-type tackle performance here I'm, I just, I don't like how I think this game script is going to play out.
1: One of the linebackers that I don't like this week is, is also a brave call. Uh, he's not as good a player as Fred Warner, but he is, he has been as productive this year, at least. And it's Alex Singleton. Um, You know, it's, it's brave uh, considering how he's, how he's produced so far. He's held off Josie Jewell uh, to keep that lone sort of full-time role in, uh, in Denver uh, and he's still my 11 lb 11 this week so just one spot behind Fred Warner who we we're just talking about um I know we're unlikely to want to drop him unless you're completely stacked at the position i mention him here largely because of his matchup with the with the Chargers opposition linebackers have have done a little better against the Chargers of late than they did earlier in the year but they're, they they're still ranking the bottom 3 i think in tackles allowed to to opposition linebackers so I don't like suggesting people fade Singleton. I know you're still going to have to start him in most leagues, but I think if he's going to have a down week, this could be it.
0: You know what? This is one of our greatest accomplishments here in the canadian football league sending alex singleton down to the national football league i remember watching captain Ban play for the calgary stampeders just up the highway from where i'm at right now so yeah I-, I love alex singleton everything about him when he went to philadelphia i was there with him when he went now to denver i'm right there with him i've still got him in that lb 13 type range so just outside of that top 12 same thing you mentioned the the uh, Chargers not being a great matchup. It's good enough, but the thing the Chargers do, they don't really run between the tackles. They like to kind of kick things outside there with Austin Eckler, use a short passing game as an extension of their run game. That is where Singleton is going to kind of struggle a little bit. He's not going to get those typical linebacker tackles that you would hope for. Therefore, you have to put a bit of a, a temper your expectations, if I will, on
1: Singleton as well i'd be remiss not to mention how just how productive he's been he's one of those guys his tackle efficiency has been incredible over the course of his his career which is only like four years four years long isn't it he's like 29 but he's only been in the league for like four or five years but tackle efficiency has always been fantastic i know it's about four or five points down this year but because he's playing more snaps than he than he typically has in the past apart from that spell with i think the eagles in 2021 was it he He's, he's he's still producing at a, a pretty crazy rate. So that, that's good to see. But like I say, if you're going to fade him, uh, then this might be the week.
0: Efficiency is not just for running backs. Everyone talk about Tony Pollard taking that dip because the more touches, the less efficient he's going to be. It's the same with linebackers. The more opportunities you have means the more opportunities you have to miss. And that's where Singleton's got it. see that little bit of that four-point dip you're talking about. He's still phenomenal as far as a a fantasy contributor, and he's been pretty good so far as far as the Denver Broncos are concerned. He's one of the top defenses here, especially the last, what, five weeks, 15 turnovers in the last five weeks. This Broncos defense, Vance Joseph, he's got them doing all kinds of things. i got a couple other Broncos a little bit later on to talk about.
1: Good stuff. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. So let's let's turn our attention to the defensive linemen. Matt, who are you hyped about here for week 14?
0: I'm talking about a guy I'm going to grab right off the waivers, a guy who I have grabbed off the waivers. I talk about not chasing points. Chasing points is bad. Following positive trends, that is good. And Kobe Turner, defensive tackle for the Los Angeles Rams, 10-plus fantasy performances in three of his last four weeks. Three and a half sacks in his last two contests. He faces Lamar Jackson, and the best way to get to a quarterback is straight up the middle. That is where Turner can attack. He's probably picked up a thing or two from Aaron Donald. It probably doesn't hurt having Aaron Donald sharing the same uh, trenches with you. A lot of that attention is going to be paid to Aaron Donald, which is why I think we're seeing Colby Turner have the type of success that he has. Only a few weeks ago, I think it was week nine, he had one sack and he had 10 total tackles. So we know that he is capable of getting into that backfield and making tackle after tackle after tackle. And we know that the Ravens like to run the ball. I talk about uh, – the Cleveland Browns earlier, and I'll talk about them again, when it comes to another player on the defensive side of the ball, the Ravens run the ball just as often as the Cleveland Browns, averaging 32 and half attempts per game. If you've got Aaron Donald and Kobe Turner they are plugging up the middle, and we know that they love to run the ball up the gut there with Gus Edwards, that means there's going to be more opportunities for Kobe Turner to have a big week. I think um, when we look at this, Right now, Colby Turner, I got him as my DL 26, give or take right now. So he's borderline a D tackle too. So you're, I'm baking in that risk of not having production early on in the season while I'm taking into account that he has had a very good last three to four weeks here. And that is something that I'm looking for, following the trends, not chasing the points, but following the trend
1: yeah i i was I was slow to come around to to Kobe Turner um until just the last two weeks, but those last two weeks have been incredible. um so yeah, i'm 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 starting to to become a believer. my my guy is uh, will will anderson. um so he's my edge. 19 or, or DL 21 this week. You know, he went he went a little quiet for about a month or so there, maybe more after recording his, his first sack in, in his NFL debut, of course. But he's starting to heat up a little bit lately with uh, I think four sacks in the last five. And he's kind of reminding us how good he is or how good he's going to be. That game against uh, the Broncos uh, especially was was something special to watch. He finished with eight pressures, two sacks, and he had a batted pass as well. You know, I was digging into his, his rookie numbers last week, and I was comparing his rookie numbers to the kind of performances that we saw from uh, last year's rookie crop, Agent Hutchinson, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, and uh, George Karlaftis. And Anderson's pressure rate is at least 2% higher in his rookie year than any of those other three. Perhaps even more impressively, his win rate is 5% higher as well. That's, that's quite a lot higher, like 25% higher than the other three. And this week he's got you know an excellent matchup against the uh, the Jets. The Texans play the Jets. The Jets have allowed the third most sacks of any team in the league, and the second most in the last three weeks. So it's not getting any better for them. I I just fancy Anderson to have a a good a good game again to, to kind of continue that form that he's started to show us again lately, and and come good for fantasy managers when they when they kind of need him most. What do you uh, what do you say to this one, Matt?
0: Hey, I'm an Alabama fan. Roll Tide. We're in the college football playoffs. Respect that, okay, people? Respect the fact that Alabama is back in the college playoffs. But Will Anderson, if you watched Alabama film, you knew what you were getting. The Texans knew what they were getting when they traded up to get him in the draft. And by the way, congratulations, Houston, Texans! One of the best draft classes I have ever seen put together. That trade when they got rid of Deshaun Watson, they've won that trade five times over by now.
1: now what a turnaround, I- right? And amazing. Oh,
0: we're talking about a team that had the first overall pick, basically, turning into a team that's going to be in playoff consideration. They're right there. They're a team with Jacksonville now getting hurt, have another opportunity there since Trevor Lawrence went down to climb back into first place in that AFC South. I know they've lost some players themselves. They like tanked out, a huge loss for them, but Nick, mm-hmm. Nico Collins is still producing. Uh, Noah Brown can produce. Revan Jordan got started there, uh, Dalton Schultz. This is a team that's got some pieces in place. Could you imagine what they, CJ Stroud would be doing if he had the same type of weapons maybe they had down in New Orleans or something like that? This would be a very dangerous type team here, add a few more weapons. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what the Texans can do moving forward. And I'm going to stay with the Texans here when I talk about my D-line because I love this. We talk about Will Anderson that you're getting some opportunities against a team that's given up 51 sacks this season. There's no respect for a passing game there in New York. Zach Wilson, um, Trevor Simeon, Brett Rippett. I don't even know who's going to be under center for this Jets team, but I can tell you one thing, it's not going to be good. This Jets team has been sacked left, right, and center. And while Will Anderson is a sexy name there in Houston, one of the guys that we don't seem to give enough credit for who's having a very good season as far as IDP is concerned is Jonathan Greenyard. This guy is absolutely out there producing week in and week out. I would be shocked if Anderson and Greenier don't combine for at least five sacks against this Jets offensive line. That means you could plug both these guys into your lineup and feel good about it.
1: This is the week for those Texans pass rushes. Uh, maybe one or two of the interior guys will get in on the action as well. Who knows? Like I say, that 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 Jets OL, even though they've got a little healthier again lately, still missing some of those guys that are out long-term, and it's just been... just, it hasn't been pretty. Anyone else you want to mention here?
0: Yeah, I mean, in these leagues where you have to start defensive tackles, I'm looking for opportunities here. And you know what? Sam Howell takes a lot of heat for how often he's been sacked this season. I mentioned the Giants have actually given up more sacks than even the Washington Commanders this season. The only difference is it's been Tommy DeVito. It's been Daniel Jones. It's been Tyrod Taylor. Those sacks have been kind of dispersed amongst three separate quarterbacks. Well, whereas Howell... He's managed to stay healthy despite being banged up nearly as much as he has been. So for me, I'm going to stick with those pass rushers there in Green Bay. Kenny Clark here, because this New York Giants offensive line has been quite offensive this season. And I don't mean as far as fantasy points is concerned. I mean, they have been offensive. They have been bad. They have been hard to watch week in and week out. And Kenny Clark, is a, he's that dude. He's a beast in the middle. And when he sees how weak this front is for the Giants, he's going to be in that backfield for Tommy DeVito, serving up all kinds of meatballs for him to digest this week.
1: Yeah, I've always been slightly above consensus, it seems, on on Kenny Clark because he was one of those guys that always brought a lot of pressures. But for the last couple of years, maybe the sack numbers hadn't quite been there. So I'm I'm, I'm pleased to see him have have some success. And sticking with uh, Green Bay for a minute, I've made no secret of my love for Rashan Gary over the, the last few years. He's sometimes overlooked, isn't he, when we talk about elite edge rushers. And part of that is because of the time that he's missed, obviously. But he's healthy. His pressure rate always compares favorably with the rest of the elite edge rushers in the league. And he's on fire right now. Five sacks in his last three. I've moved him up to the edge seven spot in my week four, 14 rankings. And one of the biggest reasons for that is the point you made, Matt, about the the Giants offensive line. I just can't I can't visualize a situation where Rashawn Gary doesn't add to his sack, sack total this week. He'd have to be very unlucky, I think, to uh, to end up with no sacks in this game.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, I, I think it's multiple sacks for him. I think he gets two. I think Kenny Clark gets in on the action. I think uh, Preston Smith gets in on the action. I mean, anyone anyone who's wearing a Packers jersey is probably going to end up with a sack at some point in this game.
1: Yeah, you could be right. He could be right. i got another guy I wanted to mention. It's uh, it's Andrew Van, Van Ginkle. I mean, how how could I sleep tonight if I didn't mention uh, Andrew Van Ginkle and what he did last week? It just seems like whenever the Dolphins have been without Jalen Phillips – van Ginkel's come in and he hasn't just produced but he's looked like the best edge rusher on the team um last week was no exception six pressures a sack two batted passes and that that crazy interception that he returned for a touchdown this week against the titans another offensive line that's had its struggles at times i think i think avg could be a a really good play again so let's um do you want to talk about some defensive linemen we don't like Um, well we
0: just talked about how the giants have given up the most sacks well the Green Bay Packers have given up the second fewest sacks. They've only given up 24 sacks this season. And I expect the Packers to come out throwing the ball against this Giants defense that is allowing the most fancy points in the last four weeks to opposing wide receivers. Now, the Packers are going to be without Christian Watson. But that means Romeo Dobbs is out there. Jaden Reed is going to be out there. Dontavian Wicks is going to be out there. Malik Heath, some guys you may not have heard of, they're going to be out there. More passing, less running. That is going to limit the ceiling for Kevin Thibodeau here this week for the Giants. He's not going to be able to get those sacks, those big boom plays there, or the opportunity is going to be a lot less than maybe some other games that he could be sitting in. So for me, Thibodeau is one of those guys that I am fading hard this week because this team, this Packers team, is getting the ball out quickly, and that is all on Jordan Love. He seems to have figured this out, and I bet you a lot of Packers fans are going, Aaron who right now? Because Love is playing that good. So when you've got a quarterback getting the ball out to his playmakers, I'm expecting the Packers to take advantage of this poor pass defense that the Giants are going to show them, which means Kevin Thibodeau is just going to be there playing patty cake with whatever tackle he's lining up against this week, and that's not going to get you. You don't get bonus points for patty cake in fantasy football. You just don't. So Kevin Thibodeau, he's out.
1: Yeah, I uh, I've again made no secret of my of the fact that I'm a little bit lower on Thibodeau than than others. I know he had that really that really sweet spot, didn't he, in the season where uh, he was he was coming up huge for a couple of games there. But in general, I'm a little bit lower than than most on him. In his last four games, he's had two games with zero pressures, one game with one pressure, and then obviously one big week as well. I think he has something like eight pressures. That's doesn't make me want to trust him. Um, and so, yeah, I don't find myself with a lot of Thibodeau on on my fantasy rosters. I'm very open to the idea that he could become, uh, you know, a premier pass rusher. He's got that potential. Um, but in general, I'm I'm a little lower on him than most. And I think that yeah, your your argument for cooling on him this week is a good one. I've gone with uh, with Mike Danner of the of the Chiefs. He's, you know, he's had a career year. I just don't think he's very good. Uh, his level of involvement in the defense has decreased since uh, Charles Amenehu returned to the lineup from suspension. You know the Chiefs traveled to Buffalo this week. The Bills have allowed uh, an average of 1.3 sacks per game uh, this this season. And I think if if anyone on the Chiefs is going to be sacking Josh Allen this week, it's likely to be the Chris Joneses, the the George Karlaftis types, not not necessarily Danna. So I'm I'm lower on him. Than I have been in other weeks, and certainly lower than I was on him to start the season.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, I mean, I love Mike Dan. I think it's a great story, but unless you're going to produce, I got no use for you in my lineup.
1: Yep. Another guy I wanted to mention, Danico Autry. I feel a bit bad mentioning him here because he is—he's often underrated. He's my DL 57, edge 43, which may seem a little harsh, given that he's had a another good year, 37 pressures, nine sacks. Uh, and he's in really good form as well, you know, three sacks and a force fumble on his last two games. But uh, yeah, I this week I hate his matchup. the The Dolphins don't give up very many sacks at all. They're allowing only one and a half sacks per game this year, uh, third in that category. Um, there is a chance that that Teron Armstead misses the game after aggravating his hamstring, which would help Autry. But even so, Tua and the Dolphins. Just not a good matchup for any pass rusher. I like Autry. I like the fact that he's still producing at, what, 33 years old, but this this isn't the week for him.
0: Well, we talked earlier there about Jeffrey Simmons possibly missing. If Jeffrey Simmons misses, which is the way it's looking right now, that means there's no one paying attention to Jeffrey Simmons. So that means more eyes are going to be on Autry, which is going to make his job a little bit more difficult this week.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so who else don't you like at the defensive line spot? Do you have another name for me?
0: Yeah, I got Jonathan Cooper. I'm talking about a guy who's been producing again, so let's give him his respect for what he's doing. DL, I think 11 in fantasy as far as scoring is concerned, 56 tackles, five and a half sacks this week. This week, again, faces that Chargers team. You mentioned Alex Singleton at the start of the show. Well, a lot of the things that we said about him, I think we could talk about when it comes to Cooper as well. This is a team there in Los Angeles that doesn't really run between the tackles, and edge rushers they like to get in on that angle they're not going to be paying attention to the screen passes when you get a screen pass it's not usually the edge defender making the tackle on the sideline so that's going to also limit uh, jonathan cooper here this week and la They don't give up sacks either. They've allowed the third fewest, I think, at 25 sacks this week. So if Jonathan Cooper's not getting involved in those tackles because the Chargers are running the screen game away from him all game long and you can't get pressure on him because they don't give up the sack because Justin Herbert is getting the ball out of his hands, then how can you trust Jonathan Cooper in your starting lineup? I get it. He's been a top 12 defensive line. But I got him much lower this week because I just don't see where he's going to have that success. And I can't trust him. I don't want to trust him. And when we look at these defensive linemen, there's guys out there that I just feel much better about putting in my lineup where I feel that the opportunity is going to be there for them to have more success than what I see with Jonathan Cooper.
1: Maybe they pass the ball more, and if they do pass the ball more, maybe that helps Cooper a little bit. I don't know. But, um, yeah, they do love the, the short passing game, using Eckler out on those screens. So, yeah. It, it doesn't bode too well for for Cooper. I don't think the other guy I want to mention actually is is Greg Russo. Um, I'm kind of avoiding him this week. He hasn't he hasn't quite passed the eye test for me this year, and the numbers back that up in terms of his pressure rate, his win rate, and of course his his sack totals as well. the The edge rusher rotation there in in Buffalo has has been the case for for years now, and it's continued this year uh, even after McDermott's overtaken the. Uh, the defensive coordinator role—it just means that Russo doesn't get the volume of other edge rushers, which is a bit of a shame. When we're out there with guys like you know DJ Wanham and you know Mike Dano, who I mentioned earlier on, these guys that are getting a, a ton of play—they're not very good, but they're out producing guys like Greg Russo. It's—it's—it's it's, it's wrong. I don't like it. And again, his matchup—the Chiefs don't give up a lot of sacks. So yeah, Russo avoid.
0: And I want to you know what anyone could predict a good player having a good game right I mean it's it's pretty easy to predict hey Nick Bosa put him in your lineup yeah of course you're going to put Nick Bosa in your lineup yeah of course you're going to put this player in your lineup but it's hard to predict a good player who's going to struggle and I talked about this sometimes you have to look at the numbers you have to follow the trend whether the player is a good player or a bad player having success and for me it's Brian Burns that I do not like this week because Again, he's going against a Saints team that can protect the quarterback. Fifth fewest sacks allowed, 27. But Burns, if you look at his totals here, just one double-digit fantasy week to his credit since week number six. Now, he missed one of those games there due to injury. He got ejected from another one of those games. There's frustration there in Carolina, and Brian Burns is showing it outwardly, and it's showing on the stat sheet, it's showing on his production there on the field where he's not producing for fantasy. So why are we continuing to bang our head against the wall and starting a guy like Brian Burns over a guy like Jonathan Cooper? Name brand recognition only here. That's all that Brian Burns has got going for him. Now, I'm sitting Jonathan Cooper, but you get the message here. Sometimes those guys that we don't expect, those guys that we've kind of downplayed, Because they're not those sexy names. They're not like Cameron Hayward. Give me Cameron Hayward over uh, Brian Burns this week. Going away from those sexy names. Dexter Lawrence. Carl Granderson's a guy who doesn't get the respect that he deserves. And yet, people will continue to put Brian Burns into their starting lineup over a guy like Carl Granderson despite him not doing nothing. So why are we continuing to put Spider back into our lineup when he should be putting his web on your bench?
1: I've called on Burns. Uh, I, I mentioned this. I forget who I was talking to about this a few weeks back. Maybe John Macri. He suggested Burns maybe as a, a trade candidate when I went on his show. And that, that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I didn't know people were talking about him in those terms. I feel like, sorry to any Panthers fans listening, I feel like he needs a fresh start. There were the talks of him, of him being traded.
0: These are people. There's emotions
1: involved. They're not robots going out there.
0: If you could tell me that I could get paid the same amount of money to go somewhere else and enjoy myself a lot more than I'm enjoying myself now, and you are stopping me from doing that, I may be bitter. I may not be able to give you my best. I get they're supposed to be professional, but emotions play a factor no matter how we want to look at it.
1: Very true. Okay, look, love them or hate them. It's time for us to talk about defensive backs. So, Matt, who is your featured like at the position this week?
0: I'm going to go with Jimmy Ward, baby. He is back. Six or more tackles in five of seven games this season, including four solo, two assisted last week in his return from the injured list. Ward, he's playing the slot. He's playing the box. And we know that those opportunities are there, especially to create turnovers Again, we're taking on a team that we don't even know who's going to be under center. We talked about Will Anderson getting pressure. We talked about Jonathan Greener getting pressure. That pressure is going to lead to turnovers. And Jimmy Ward, whether it's Trevor Simeon, uh, Brett Rippon, Zach Wilson, he's going to be there to cash in.
1: Yeah, I've warmed to Jimmy Ward. Yeah, he's getting it done. He's been a really really good asset, uh, a really good addition to that Houston defense. The guy, the guy I want to talk about is another guy actually who uh, I've I've warmed to, especially since he's he's changed teams uh, two years back. So it's Justin Reed. He's my my DB and safety six this week. I like what he's doing this year from a from a fantasy perspective. In fact, I like what he's done since he joined the, the Chiefs two years ago. As I say, he's spending a little more time in the box and in the slot than he did during his time with the Texans, especially this year. Uh, His tackle rate is up. He's taken advantage of the opportunities that are coming his way because his missed tackle rate is down. And he's still recording enough big plays in coverage uh, to give him that weekly ceiling. You know, we're not talking about someone like Cam Curl here, right? So he was a bit hit or miss to start the year in the way that, a lot of defensive backs can be, but and his play can be patchy at times still. Um, but in the last two games, 20 tackles playing against the Bills this week. They've been very friendly to opposition safeties in terms of tackles allowed. Yeah, I like I like what he can offer. What what do you think about this one, Matt?
0: Hey, I'm all in on it. I mean, DB is such a fickle position, if you will. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. hard to kind of predict it because anything could happen any given week. And it really d- depends on how much pressure is coming up front, what the back end's doing, working with the front end, the front end, working with the back end. So, so many different variables come in where you're trying to find opportunities. And like you said, that opportunity for him, it's going to be there against the Bills.
1: Yep. Yeah. Any other DBs you're expecting uh, big things from in week 14?
0: Yeah, I'll give you one here, and then I'll give you three more just rapid fire on them. But P.J. Locke is a guy for the Denver Broncos. I love what Denver's doing here. I mean, they're creating turnovers, 15 in the last five. Vance Joseph is bringing pressure from everywhere, safeties, corners. It doesn't matter. He's sending everybody every given time. 15 tackles, last two games, 11 solo tackles, two top 24 weeks for fantasy. Yeah, I'm good. Put P.J. Locke in my lineup. Brian Branch is another guy like this week against Chicago. Justin Fields, last time they played, 18 carries, 104 rushing yards. 125 yards, average rushing per game for Justin Fields over the last three games against the Detroit Lions. Brian Branch is going to be the guy who's going to be asked to help contain Fields this week. Marquise Bell, anytime you get a DB playing linebacker, you've got to put him in there. That's that's a cheat code for fantasy, especially when you're playing the Dallas Cowboys. So you know Marquise Brown is going to be there. Jake Ferguson is one of the favorite targets of uh, Dak Prescott. Look for that matchup there. And Mike Hilton, can we give this man some respect? All he does is play slot corner. Five straight games with 11 or more fantasy points. Thirty tackles over that five game period. You just put him in your lineup and trust that he's going to give you double digit production.
1: Yeah, these are some great names. Really like Marquis Bell. I championed him, and then I saw his snap share fall away, and then I started championing him again. It was it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but yeah, he's he's kind of leading that that position group. Uh, they didn't get Shaquille Leonard, so yeah, I like him to stay ahead of Damone Clark there. And yeah, like you say, if he's if he's got a safety designation in your league, then then you're you're laughing, right?
0: Absolutely. And you look at this against a guy, team like Philadelphia, Dallas Goddard. I know I said Jake Ferguson there, my bad. But Dallas Goddard, he comes back, he's a guy who matches up with tight ends really well. He's in Leighton Van Der Esch is done. Leighton Van Der Esch is done. Today's NFL. You need a cover linebacker. They got it there with Marquise Bell. And if you get him again playing in D B, you put him in your D B spot, pff, that's money in the bank.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been watching him quite closely. And the other guy you mentioned, actually, who I watched really closely the other night was was Mike Hilton. Tom Kislingberry was talking him up a few weeks back, and uh, it kind of just opened my eyes a little more to just how good Mike Hilton is. You know when you're watching games and you don't watch an individual player constantly? You're kind of watching the ball and where the ball's going and who's making plays on the ball. Well, I did something very different the other night, and I watched Hilton as closely as I could uh, for most of the game, and he's he's a really good player. And DB that I like is Jamal Adams, and he's that you look. No one's faced more criticism in the last week, right? He's uh, the missed tackles last week, the touchdown that he gave up, and then obviously he was going after that reporter's uh, wife or girlfriend on on Twitter, which wasn't it wasn't great to see. But I feel like he's in a good spot to have a productive fantasy game this week, and that's all we care about as we get towards these playoffs, right? He's playing every down, spending a lot of time in the box or in the slot, uh, and no team. Allowed more tackles to opposition safeties than his opponent this week, the 49ers. So for those reasons, I like the look of, of Adams. Jaquan Brisker is my next guy. He's he's only had two solo tackles, I think, in his last game, which was yeah, really horrible to see. But he saved his week with a sack. I think he had an interception as well. So that was good to see. I try not to chase those big plays because they are so unreliable, volatile, and difficult to predict. Um, so it's good to to, to note that Brisker's had something like seven tackles at least in each of the three games prior to last week. So he was starting to, to get a bit better in that sense. This week, again, I think he's got a chance to put up similar tackle numbers to what he was doing before last week against the Lions because they rank among the top, I think it's like top five teams in tackles given up to opposition safeties. So defensive backs we don't like, Matt um do you want to kick us off here who uh who are you suggesting people fade in week 14
0: you talked about fading big plays right i mean if you're in a league where you're maybe the underdog by a considerable amount then maybe you go ahead and you put deron bland in your lineup i get it. oh yeah he's going against philadelphia but listen if dk metcalf can make you look that stupid where you have to go over and cover tyler lockett because you can't defend dk metcalf you know what it's great for DBs. If DBs are getting targeted, that means you're getting tackles. Except Deron Bland was not even getting a hand on DK Metcalf last week. So I can tell you right now, he's not going to be able to get a hand on AJ Brown. He ain't going to be able to get a hand on Devontae Smith. So if, if he can't tackle these guys, I can't trust him. I can't put him in my lineup. I mean, Sure, if he gets a pick six, I mean, we're feeling good, but I feel five pick sixes is probably more than enough for him this season. I don't see that happening this week. I don't see him being able to stick with A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith, much like how D.K. Metcalf made him look stupid. Why? Because he's jumping every route. That's why he is. He's got this thirst. He smells his blood. He's like, hey, I've got five pick sixes. I'm going to make this pick. I'm going to make this pick. And he's jumping everything, and a route runner like D.K. Metcalf capitalized on that A.J. Brown is a better after the catch player than D.K. Metcalf he's a better route runner than D.K. Metcalf he's going to make Bland look stupid which means now Bland's going over to Devontae Smith Stefan Gilmore is going to go over on A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith is going to make Deron Bland look like a silly DB out there so for me I'm just fading Deron Bland altogether.
1: yeah so I've got to be careful here because I, I wrote up Bland as someone that people should be looking to trade away a couple of weeks back, and he's gone on to record uh, interceptions in back-to-back games since. But I stand by the process. When these guys are, are coming up huge like that and their value is at its highest, that's when I will be looking to to trade them away especially cornerbacks um, that their repeat rate from one season to the next is is so small compared to other positions well cornerbacks and safeties in fact i'm kind of with you on this one i'm just there's a part of me that wants to kind of play it a little safer because he's surpassed my expectations
0: hey jace i'm married i've got five daughters that are like 20 <laughs> plus years i got another teenage daughter who's like 15 i got two young sons I'm used to being wrong. I've got no problem being wrong. Even when I'm right, I'm wrong in this house. So when it comes to fantasy, I got no problem if a guy wants to prove me wrong. But like I said, I'm looking at this when it comes to Daron Bland, and the risk is not worth the reward, in my opinion.
1: So Julian Love, he's a, he's a guy I'm not keen on. He's my DB51, safety 39 this week. Started the year as a full-time player. Lost some snap share when Jamal Adams returned and Love's been kind of in and out of the lineup ever since. He might have some weeks where he plays a lot, typically at the expense of uh, Trey Brown, um, but and he's in danger of following that up with a with a heavily reduced role the next week, and trying to predict what's going to happen from week to week is is just too painful. Last week's a good case in point. 20% snap share after playing more than 90% in the previous two weeks. Ugh, It's just, it's it's maddening, isn't it? He's become too much of a risk to start, and he's playing in a position where The pool of players to choose from is huge, especially at this point in the season. We've only got two teams on a bye this week, and that's the last bye week of the year. So it's a hard pass from me on on love. Do you feel similarly, Matt? Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm looking at this, and this could be one of those games. We know the Giants' pass defense has not been good. So I'm looking at this. There's going to be some passing early on. I think it's one of those games that, you know, they'll throw the ball around the field. The Packers will early on in the game. And then maybe, maybe then A.J. Dillon will go out there and kind of seal this game off, which means you're looking at fewer opportunities for Julian Love. He ain't going to step, Julian Love ain't a big dude. He's going to be making business decisions when he sees A.J. Dillon and them thighs coming at you, right? You think differently. It gets cold. When it gets cold, you make different business decisions when it comes to tackling some dude. And if a dude's coming at me with quads the size of my shoulders, I'm probably thinking, hey, you know what? I was going to give him one of these little kind of lean back, way back type kind of approaches here. (laughs) So I don't see Julian Love having a big game this week
1: either. Good stuff. Hit me up with a a few more names that you want to recommend people avoid this week at the DB spot.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give you two more uh, corners here because corners, I think you could fade just as well as anybody out there, but it's because the teams that they're playing run the ball, the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. We've mentioned this a couple times on the show, 32 and a half. Uh, attempts per game from those respective running games so Darius Williams there versus the Browns that's one of those things I just don't get behind Williams hasn't had more than seven fantasy points since way back in week eight don't even consider him in your lineup right now Amari Cooper he's concussed team he, he may or may not play this week Elijah Moore is playing in the slot more often than not so he's going to be avoiding Darius Williams so you don't even get that match up there We know that this Browns team is much different with Joe Flacco under center than maybe Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who tends to run a little bit more. Williams isn't going to get a sack. That's not his game. He's not going to go in there and sack Joe Flacco. And even if he got into the backfield, Flacco, I think, is still quick enough there with the release to get the ball out of his hands. Another corner is Akilio Witherspoon there. As, uh, again, I mentioned Baltimore, those rushing attempts. Hey, it's all about opportunities here, and the floor is way too low too many other players out there that you could put in your lineup. Witherspoon is as far as a fade. He's sitting. He's, I'm not even sniffing him into my lineups this week.
1: Mm-hmm. Great name, but yeah, I, I agree. Talking about corners, Derek, Derek Stingley is is a guy I'm I'm fading a bit this week. He's been you know he's been incredible the last three weeks, especially last week, two interceptions and a and a pass breakup. He does have a chance to have another big week against the Jets, depending on who they put out there at quarterback. We know they're going to be subpar. They haven't got a good quarterback that's healthy right now. So there is a chance he can pick up another pass. But as we said earlier on with Bland, I don't like to pretend, even pretend that I can predict who's going to come away with an interception. Predicting interceptions is just a fool's game. So start him at your peril. Certainly temper expectations that he can continue to do what he's been doing in the last few games, I guess is a better way of putting it. It's just it's just not sustainable. Uh, and finally, I'll, I'll wrap us up by uh, nominating Deshaun Elliott here as well. He's... He's had a bunch of past breakups this year. I think he either leads or is close to leading all safeties in past breakups. But yeah, it's, his weekly floor is so low because his tackle rate is terrible. It's like truly terrible. Uh, he's had two games with six or more and five tackles in his last three games. Only five tackles in the last three. So the Dolphins play the Titans this week. The Titans typically allow very few tackles to opposition safeties. So this is another case of weakness meets weakness I'm advising people avoid starting Elliot where you can all right so um, I mean Matt I could talk IDP with you for for hours but that's that's the end of, of today's show uh, you you've killed it like, in exactly the way I thought you would thank you for coming on and uh, sharing your knowledge with us all you're obviously welcome back anytime you have a good time
0: I, I did you know what it's it's fine getting back to your roots I mean I broke into the fantasy industry as an IDP guy. And then over the years, kind of transitioned more to the offensive side of the ball because it's more mainstream, right? That's that's kind of how it goes. So it was kind of good to get back to those roots as an IDP guy, going into a little bit more in depth of these players and whatnot. I mean, I still do my IDP rankings, but you don't quite put the same research into just rankings as you do when you talk about starts and sits. And I know it sounds kind of funny when you say it that way, but when I'm talking starts and sits, I got to really dig into the numbers. And I have to convince you. Why I'm sitting this guy. If I rank him somewhere, you're like, okay, cool. Deron Bland is ranked at 24. Awesome. Why? What is the process? Why should I trust you? Rankings are one thing, but when you get into starts and sits, people need to know the why, the how, the when. And so it kind of takes you to a different place when you start talking about, hey, why am I fading this guy? Well, it's opportunities. Even if you're wrong, what was the process to kind of prove that? So it's kind of good to get back to that when it comes to the IDP side of the ball. I've been doing it on the offensive side of the ball now for a few years, but it was good to get back to that this week.
1: Oh, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. I mean, talking of the uh, the work you do on the offensive side, you're a you're a content machine. You've got your own podcast, your own YouTube show, your own Discord. You put out articles. Where do you get the time? <laughs> it's It's insane.
0: Well, luckily for me, I've had multiple hip uh, replacements here in the last six months. I had a first one down in April. I had my other one down here in October. So I've been on medical here for the most part, and which means I've got ample opportunity to create content during the days, which is something I don't typically have. When my evenings hit, it's football practice, it's basketball practice, it's hockey practice, it, it's it's church, it's youth, it's all these different kids' activities. During the day right now, when I'm supposed to be at work, but on medical, I mean, I've got all kinds of time. It's when I do my show sheets, it's when I do my writings, it's when I get to the Discord type stuff. It's when I do my videos, and my and you know what it's like when you create a video. A ten minute video is three hours of research for yeah. a ten minute video. So uh, I've got some opportunities to get some uh, work done that way, which has been really good here. Just to kind of get it out there for Roto Baller for uh, fantasy points here in recent weeks.
1: Good stuff. So yeah, tell tell everyone when they can go to to find find your work. We mentioned. Uh, where you contribute, where you write, but tell tell people specifically where they can go to follow you, subscribe to your Patreon, and to and to and to catch up with your with your fantasy content.
0: Well, the first place, the easiest place to do is hit me up on the Twitter there at Matt Donnelly F-F, That's D O N N E L L Y FF. That's the first place to kind of catch me there. Uh, me, Tara Roberts, who's one of the brilliant minds in the fantasy football industry and major Caldwell. we get together once a week. We have the Viper cast going on where we kind of talk starts and sits, it's take some uh, mailbag type questions there and I go through my rankings each and every week. So you can catch that on the Vipers network on YouTube. And in sticking with YouTube, my starts and sits, you just, my starts and sits, you can catch them over on Rotoballer. I do about an eight minute video where I kind of do the running backs and say the tight ends in one place, the wide receivers, and the quarterbacks in another place. So you get all that in less than 16 minutes pretty much every week so you can catch and think about where my process is kind of going with there. And it's very minimal. But if you want to catch the ViperCast, you don't want to look at my face, hey, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify. You can hear my lovely voice, but you miss out on my mustache, and I don't think that's something you want to do
1: you definitely do not i'm in awe and very jealous listeners viewers you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't immediately go and follow and support matt's work there's a lot of it um, but yeah it's it's all great quality stuff as for me i'm on x at jace abbey my weekly idp rankings are in the same place as usual over on the idp i want to extend my gratitude to our audience for taking the time to check us out. I'll be back again at the same time next week for more of the same. But until then, good luck with your week 14 matchups. Bye for now.